You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and this is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. And I'm now joined in studio by our journalist, Bernie English. Bernie, how are you today? Good morning, Keen. I'm very good. Thank you so much. How's your week going? My week is going very, very busy. Yeah. Um, of course, there's the election is on most of the headlines, but... Uh, I've 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 got to look at other things as well as our our very able own Alan is is doing all the political yeah. coverage. Alan's out on the canvas at the moment. He sure as well. is. He's, He's loving is, it. Yeah. Yeah. Burning the shoe leather. It's it's an exciting place <laughs> to be if you're a journalist because you don't have any skin in that particular game. So you can just uh, you can watch the blood yeah. flow as a the doors open. The wall as well, yeah. um, Bernie, this front page of this week's Limerick Post newspaper. There's some news on the national broadband plan. I believe there is indeed. Mm. Yes, um, the council's monthly meeting earlier this week. They had invited uh, the National Broadband people in to have a chat with them about when are we going to see some light at the end of this tunnel. And the answer is very, very shortly. So um, they're actually beginning. The first thing they have to do, they explained, is to survey the various areas which are getting broadband. And they assure us that every home in Limerick, both city and county, will get broadband. So that's the good news. They're saying no home will be left behind. Now, people seem to be under the impression this is going to be free. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> You'll have to pay for your broadband. So provided you want it and provided you pay for it, the excellent news is that you will get it. And they are starting... The so broadband will be available to will places be available, where it was before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some people want caviar too, and that's available. <laughs> Whether you can afford it is another thing. <laughs> it does thing. cost money, yeah. <laughs> but the news is it will be there for you. And they're rolling it out based on um, some of the existing high-speed connections that are which are of course there's more of those in the city than there are in the county but they they did give a very sort of graphic description of how they're going to roll it out and it makes a lot of sense so first they're going to start surveying the city and that's going to happen very very shortly within the next two weeks um and they are saying that the build will be done in the city at least by the end of this year wow now in tandem that doesn't mean they're not going to start in the county until the end of this year but in tandem they will be surveying the county and knocking down the various dominoes that need to be done. Um, mm. Yeah, it's very good news. I know there, there was a uh, fears about uh, how fast these technologies progress, and yeah, yeah, would it be up to scratch by the time it's finished? But that doesn't seem to be the issue, does it? No, there is no issue there. <laughs> so yeah. No, no. My colleagues in here know how well up I am on technology, <laughs> so I had to have this explained to me in very simple terms, like a two-year-old. You know, <laughs> but in fact, what it boils down to is. They are actually planning for today and they're planning for tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Okay, and tomorrow. so they're future proofing. Yeah. So, over yeah. the next five years, they're going to get uh, huge speeds, and they say that these are speeds which will match the coming technology certainly into the next decade. Brilliant. So, um, I, hope they're mar- I hope they're actually hoping to match the new coming technology into the next <laughs> decade after that, because otherwise, it's a very expensive rollout. But look, ours is not to question that. Ours is to wonder when we get broadband. And that's the good news. It's very shortly. Excellent. The other question asked was, what's it going to cost? <laughs> and interestingly enough, for those who... Um, well, the budget is massive for this anyway, isn't it? Oh, the budget, yeah. budget is massive for this, but they are going to charge all of the providers. You know, they're not actually going to supply the broadband. Okay, yeah. They're just going to supply the infrastructure and the actual uh, the, the fibre. But what they're going to charge to the companies and all of them have a flat rate to piggyback on that is 30 euros a month per customer all right so after that what are they going to charge the customer well obviously the various providers are going to put their own um going to put their own profits onto mm-hmm. that so it depends but you know there will be competition as there is now yeah so, so it's um, similar to esb setting up the grid the electricity grid yes yeah you'll all have electricity of all those other people yeah. actually piggybacking on that <coughs> pardon me but there will, in fact, yeah, there will, it will be available. 
And I don't see that there is no reason if they're providing it at 30 euros a month to the various suppliers, there's mm-hmm. no reason that we should have extraordinarily expensive broadband. Yeah. And then uh, further on in the paper this week, uh, kind of sitting, sit, sticking with something that's still technological, <laughs> it's a uh, father and daughter who are studying in LIT at the moment. That's right, yes. This is um, around the talks of the time of the CAO and stuff at the moment, isn't it? They are indeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, the CAO applications close, I think it's tomorrow. First uh, of February, is that tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, they close tomorrow. So um, Gary Winters and his daughter Jessica are going to school together (laughs) (laughs) and they're actually studying engineering at LIT Um, and it's it's quite an unusual subject to find I suppose a father and daughter in uh, in the same course in the same course yeah now the dad has been an engineer for some time and they're both from Shannon St. Finian's Park in Shannon and the dad has been an engineer for some time, but he has been doing various modules and now he wants to go on and get a qualification so he can teach. Oh, brilliant. And his daughter, um, she left school and she worked for a while and she was working with a company who are specialising in robotics. And that really took her fancy. So she decided she was going to go back to LIT and, and get, her, get, her, get her degree in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, very unusual. They, they go to school together still, <laughs> even though she's 20, <laughs> 20-something. You know. And uh, it's quite a progression from holding her by the hand and walking her into primary yeah. school in Shannon. And, uh, I think there's a bit in your article with the interview where uh, she said she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. But that's right, But yeah, listening yeah. to what her dad was saying, he was studying in college. She said, yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds she very got interesting. Him, she, she got him totally hooked on it. <laughs> and then I, she did a very sensible thing. And I think yeah. it's, you know, I think, gosh, I think it's a thing kids should do more. She went out and found herself a job loosely in that field. And when she saw what was going on and the kind of high tech um, development and research and all of that sort of stuff and the progress that's been made, she was really hooked on it. And she thought, I don't just want to use, she was using robotics in her job, but she said, I don't want to just use these, I want to design them. (laughs) So yeah, good girl, Jessica. Brilliant. (laughs) Nice to see a woman in there. And then the dad's story as well, improving his degree as well, you know, there's a lot there in the CEO. Yeah, yeah, it just just goes to prove like neither of them actually went straight into college when they came out of school. So if you're and not sure what you want to do now, it doesn't mean that it's it going to be too late. It doesn't, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the kids kids tend to be under awful pressure to yeah. just do any third-level course. And to be perfectly honest, I think, you know... At that uh, age, it's hard to know what you want to do. It is. I, I mean, I went out and worked for three years before I went yeah. to college. I think it's a great idea. I didn't go back to college till I was 25. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know what the world is about at that stage. Exactly. And you do know that it's a lot easier going into a lecture than it is standing behind a butcher's counter <laughs> freezing your knees off, you know, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for it. You know? yeah. And then uh, there's uh, some music in your writing this week as well. Rose. There is, yeah. there is. There's an extraordinary father and daughter team in on this as well. We seem to have something of a father <laughs> and daughter, <coughs> father and daughter um, theme in this this week. So this is a pair from Castle Troy, Sean and Siobhan Brady, who have got themselves into the Guinness Book of Records for the highest altitude harp performance. And Siobhan is the lady who's who actually played the harp, and they, they, they dragged a full-size harp and a baby grand piano <laughs> up, to the, up to the Singla Pass in, Indian, in India, in the, um, up in the mountains. It was 4,954 metres, wow. which is a staggering 16,253 feet. Now, they had to train for months 
to do this because, of course, altitude sickness and, yeah, and, yeah. and all, all the inherent risks. And carrying a grand piano. Carrying a grand piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they did a little bit of help with the grand piano. I imagine so, yeah. It took them six hours to get this thing up there. Wow. So, uh, they, and they weren't the only people doing this. Now, she set the, the record, the Guinness Book of Records for the highest harp performance. Mm-hmm. But there was actually a whole performance went on, a musical performance went on up there. And two of the singers, two of the opera singers who were supposed to do it had to drop out. Um, through, they had to have oxygen at, uh, halfway up. I'd imagine singing at that altitude is a... Well, you can't even breathe at that altitude. You know, as two <laughs> asthmatics, I don't think we'd be able to... No, we'd, we'd, we'd be useless. <laughs> we'd, we'd have to be carried up at the piano now, Keen. <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't be buying popcorn at the interval either. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm full of admiration, particularly coming where we're coming from. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, two of the singers had to have... One of the singers had to have oxygen, and the other one was told, you're not going up there, you haven't done the training. Doctors yeah, and medics yeah. wouldn't let him do it. Um, and they had to train... This pair trained in um, a gym here, in, in, in uh, altitude training. Have an alt- A gym here is an altitude training room. And they trained in there for, oh gosh, three and a half months where they did you know circuits and mm. lifted weights and different type of rehearsal most musicians would be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no most, most musicians aren't required to go on a bicycle and pedal as fast as you can in order to do a performance mm-hmm. but um i'm just trying to remember what the name of the gym was it has a special altitude room which replicates uh, the the levels of oxygen that are available at high at, at high altitude so um that was very that was very helpful to them they couldn't have done it really they said it's called hypoxic training. Hypoxic. Hypoxic training, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, Delta Sports Storm is, it helped them out on that. Brilliant. And before they went up the Himalayas, of course, they also had to go to a base camp and establish that they were well enough to go. Yeah. Now, there is a very sad element to this story. They, um, one of the people, a man from the UK who was involved in the whole project, died uh, of thrombosis after he came back. Uh. Now, he had spent more time than anybody else up there uh, a Mr. Gentle was his name, um, but he had actually he had actually gone up to build a dome for the performance out of recycled bottles, and he spent an awful lot more time up there than any other one of the team does. Now we don't know, obviously, if that contributed to his yeah. death at a, at a very young age. Well, well uh, the fact that they broke the world record and everything, or set the world record, is kind of a, an honour to him, I'd imagine. It is, yeah. it is, and they raised a whole heap of money as well for uh, charity, and um, the charity being. Cystic fibrosis, and the reason they decided to have an altitude concert was apparently, if you have cystic fibrosis, you suffer a lot of the effects that you would with uh, oxygen deprivation at a high altitude. So, this is what they they, they wanted to mark that and make people aware of the whole difficulties for people yeah, with cystic fibrosis. That's brilliant. That's some great work. But yeah, they did. They raised a lot of money for cystic fibrosis. Um, and the last I heard, they were planning something even higher. I think they were going up Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to wait and get over this one first, you know. And perhaps the fact that they there was a fatality maybe associated with yeah, the whole thing yeah. um, might give them cause to, to, to think again. But yeah. there's an absolutely beautiful picture of her up there, Siobhan, performing on the harp, way up in the mountains in a little frock that you'd normally wear to an evening event. And... My hat is off to her in lots of lots of lots of senses, particularly as she's. The weather there. looks nice as well, doesn't it? It does, it's but apparently nice. the wind was horrendous. I'd, I'd yeah. imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so. Uh, those stories are available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at Limerick Post. They are indeed. So there's mm-hmm. lots more like that if you want a little break from election coverage, which I think we all do at this stage, and we think we've we've been inoculated to listen yeah. to any more of it. It's nice to get a, a few different views. Yes, on, absolutely. Yeah, what's yeah. happening in Limerick at the moment? So okay, and of course the message is: you have a vote, go out and use it, lads. Yeah. 
Bernie, thanks very much for joining us and have a great weekend. I will indeed. Thank you. You too, Keen. I'm now joined in studio by our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you? Welcome back from Madrid. Uh, <laughs> Keen, you're lucky for it. A warm welcome back to you from Madrid. Thank and thanks you. for entertaining us with wonderful stories of Lorraine Sophia and wonderful coffee shops and it has it all. Parks. Yeah. Yeah. How are you getting on? Do you want to tell the reader about the um, the Dali Museum and the preferred artwork <laughs> by which children are photographed? Or will we go beyond that? I don't mind. Uh, so the Reina Sofia, the modern art museum in Madrid, is one of my favourite places to go when I go there. Bull. Yeah. Not really, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I, I love Picasso and Dali and stuff, so one of the rooms has some of Dali's work. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the only rooms in the building where you're actually allowed to take photos. So families had their kids with them and they were standing next to a piece of Dali and taking a photo, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just made me laugh that there was a queue of kids smiling while their parents were taking pictures next to Dali's piece, the face of the great masturbator, you know. It's just, <laughs> it, it's not really a, a postcard image. It doesn't thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your week, Rose? Um, altogether cleaner and saner than that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and more work a day definitely the uh, great time at Burns Night last Saturday yeah. it was packed people swung from the rafters Brilliant. in Martin full marks to um, Michael Potter the organiser to George LaSalle who gave a lot of uh, authentic poetry tonight to John Loftus and Derek Patterson who sang to Piper Michael Egan to the singers and musicians from Killaloo. Uh, wonderful, wonderful night of entertainment. And the food was extraordinary. My hat off to Mick Dolan, who energetically put his big staff and big kitchen to work and plated up at least 100 covers of delicious haggis, uh, neeps, which is mashed turnip and um, potato, and fed a big room twice over and the upstairs terrace that's built out. It was a terrific night of yeah. entertainment and fun. Uh, and they, they really know huge. how to plan a show, don't they? Absolutely yeah. packed out. Best and biggest Burns night ever. Brilliant. And I, I vaguely have a flashback of my Saturday night and someone talked to me about Burns night was while I was in Madrid. In, no, Madrid. in Madrid. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I was on a night out and talking to someone who just brought up Burns night. You know. Thought it was Burns night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week, Rose, there's this lot going on in the arts as usual. You know what, there's so much going on between my own pages and Eric's pages. I'm just going to keep it to three nights, Thursday, yesterday, last night, tonight and Saturday night. And even then we're getting through four or five products, OK? Yep. I want to look at last night because I think you heard good word of it um, yourself. It was an unusual cultural event organised by the good women of Alliance Francaise Limerick, Maria Hensi and Anne They do Landale. great work around the city, don't they? They do. Yeah. They, their cultural programme is astonishing. Yeah. It really is. Um, last night was called La Nuit des Idées, A Night of Ideas, and it opened at 6pm in number one Perry Square Hotel, and it began with sort of music and recitation. The theme that united three parts to this long night is climate change. So it was a tie-in with the French Embassy in Ireland and the Institut Francais. And Make Our Planet Great Again was the strapline to musical readings. Then there was an entertaining documentary, Dima, which is French for Tomorrow. That was directed by Cyril Dion and Milan Laron, and that screened at 7pm. And we're told about it. It is the beginning uh, of a movement. Now, it was made in 2015, so it's no longer the beginning. Well, sorry, it was the beginning then. Yeah. 
That's legitimate. Of course, we've moved on. It is the beginning of a movement seeking to encourage local communities around the world to change the way that they live for the sake of our planet. 9pm, there's more. Mary Immaculate College's Dr. Loic Guan, I don't know how to pronounce this good man's name, he's honorary counsel for France and Limerick, he took over from Rehackett, will lead an animated, or led an animated debate on climate challenges with Dr. Jan Morrissey from the same faculty. He teaches geography there. It was only a fiver in, open to non-members, and Anne Bundell of the Alliance Francaise told me this morning, they, were in, they anticipated 30. They wound up at more than 50 people trying wow. to get into the place and support the event and take part and listen and be interactive. It sounded like a very interesting event, actually. Great yeah. event. I was working somewhere else myself now last night, but uh, just uh, that's exactly sort of the low-key, local-level change. Uh, and many stakeholders involved in last night, mm-hmm. but by God, such an attractive evening. People really just got up off their January armchairs and went out yeah. and supported Beautiful it. venue as well. Gorgeous venue. Yeah. Helps everything. And uh, in Limbo Rose... Yeah. Some dance over the weekend, isn't there? Yeah. Kristen Fontanella is a choreographer, teacher of dance as well at the Irish World of Academy. She teaches in the uh, Masters and the the BA um, dance unit there. She's got a big night um, choreographed by herself. It's at Lime Tree Theatre this Saturday, February the 1st. It's the lead story on Earth's page. And she gave me a really crisp, interesting, insightful interview that made sense in words of the abstract thing that choreography and dance composition as well. She calls this piece in limbo because, as she says, it's about being in a place in between. I didn't know where I sat. And that addresses both her love for dance of different traditions and disciplines and as much as this dance show. So her six, she's not on stage herself. She has six chosen dancers, all of them trained in traditional Irish dance. All of them open and interested in other dance formats. So uh, I'll just give you a paragraph towards the end. Thus the heavy shoes of Irish dance are thrown to the wings and costumes by Sherry White are as deconstructed as the traditional dance floor patterns and figures from Kaylee Music and Set Dancing. There's a video online as well, limerickpost.ie, go to the um, piece in limbo under Lifestyle and Arts. It'll tell you more about this really, really, really very beautiful work and original score as well uh, with four instrumentalists on stage. And I just want to say a little bit about the deconstructed costumes because it's contingent to climate change, what we've been talking about. Sherry White, who's on wardrobe within Limbo, she went to vintage and charity shops. She bought black pieces of clothing, all individual and different for every one of the male and female dancers, six of them. She took them home. She took every element to these clothes apart. She put them together again to create original new pieces obviously that are easy to move in but that go with the whole theme of taking apart looking at the fundamentals putting it together again to create something coherent and absolutely beautiful that's brilliant isn't it love to see it but again i just can't do the saturday night for different reasons yeah and then uh, what, el- what else is coming up this weekend Rose? oh this is the first ever for arts page yeah i don't know if um this play that was written in the 1800s by nikolai gogol who was a good humoured man, um, prolific writer and playwright. It's satire and it's a, it's a comedic play looking uh, to poke fun at power 
And bear in mind that the Russian Empire was an empire ruled by an emperor then and his mm-hmm. family and he's the Kaiser. So um, Granite players are running it for tonight, Friday, the Saturday, the first and Sunday, the second in Granite Community Centre. Granite players have a fabulous history of uh, amateur drama and being being a very busy um, society of, of good standards. Also Villiers School in town, their transition years are doing it. So Anne Blake and Neve Bowen are the directors and dramaturgs working with um, Villiers School. The note they put forward is expect fine musical moments and bad romance in a town populated by nosy postmistresses, incompetent school principals, an arrogant mayor, his vacuous wife and children in this colourful dramatisation performed in the evocative surroundings of Dance Limerick. Tickets from the school. The telephone number is on the page, which is number 18, the Limerick Post. And we get a totally different perspective on the same play from Grana Players. Can I read it to you? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. We hear it's adapted by the drama company for an Irish setting in the 1970s and 1980s of Ireland. And the nub of their, their take on the play is the unexpected visit of a government inspector causes ructions in the town namely because the local administrators are corrupt and self-spurving. Sorry, self-spurving. No. <laughs> that does sound Just weird, doesn't it? Well too, That's a very right? different take. The townspeople have a big reaction against this because all the characters in this village are concerned, above all else, are preserving or improving their own status, reputation and, if applicable, fortune. Full stop. And that's in... Dance Limerick, you said, was it? Uh, Villiers are doing this play in Dance Limerick at the same time that Grana players are doing it in Grana Community Centre. But look, it's different catchments and different yeah, parts of Limerick. So all the details for that are on this week's arts page on page 80 and on limerickpost.ie. Is that everything with the arts this week, Rose? I know there's a lot more, but... There's a lot more, yeah. and you better you better stop me now, okay? Yeah. Pick up the paper or visit the repost.ie. Rose, Christine. thank you very much for joining us, and welcome back. I have a question back. for you. Thank you, I have a question for you. you can, Who's your subject matter and what's your theme in We Are Limerick this week? Uh, so I had... Uh, my last guest was Sophie Latouche, podcaster. Oh, yeah, Sophie's yeah. great. Yeah, so uh, Sophie has a new podcast, For Coat No Knickers. She's into... <laughs> season two now so i had a chat with her about that oh. and asked her about what was coming up why she decided to take on a podcast cast and she also spoke to me about her uh battle with lyme's disease that she had for a bit as well had she? So, yeah so that's on limerickpost.e forward slash podcasts and on spotify and apple podcasts very good Rose, thanks very much have a good weekend always a pleasure i'm now joined in studio by the host of the limerick post show megan scully megan Hello. how are you after your week of being me I had a great week actually. Yeah. I um, wasn't busy at all. No, loads of time off. Actually. To yeah, do. nothing yeah. to do. I was wasn't anything stressed. Around. Yeah, wasn't tired. <laughs> wasn't putting in long hours. It was really, it was yeah. really, it was really and easy there actually. There was a few shots fired at me on this podcast last week. There actually was, and yeah. I have to say, um, God, do you do any work at all? No? <laughs> <laughs> How are you getting on? Good, it's been a busy week. I think um, I knew you were landing back on Wednesday, so I made sure to put loads of stuff in the diary. Um, of course, this was a huge week for Limerick. The un- Massive bra- week. The unveiling of the new brand, uh, MNC Saatchi, were brought in from the UK to help out. And But I have to let people know that um, there were students from the Limerick College of Art and Design that actually were heavily involved with the design. Um, so I think it is very reflective of Limerick being young, vibrant, fun, historical, uh, warm, welcome, uh, edgy gritty like everything i just think it, it personifies us as a really quirky cool and fun city yeah when i first thought of the rebrand i wasn't sold on it but mm-hmm. after seeing it yesterday and 
everything that goes with it it is really cool loads of work has gone yeah. into it and I think it, it's really like epitomises what Limerick city and county is and I like the way that they picked out like ambassadors that are kind of um, I suppose the, the face would say of the rebrand and they use various people like Limerick people and then people who have made Limerick home which I thought was quite cool because yeah. it just shows what a kind of I suppose diverse yeah mm. place it is and to live and how people have come from so sure, we're both from Dublin we Galway. <laughs> um, I was just born in Dublin um, but it was even like the, the scientist from California who's come over and has made Limerick his home like in California is like such an amazing place yeah. but uh, he's like found he's made Limerick home so really cool really exciting and the Limerick Post show this week is a dedication to the rebrand so that's up online now at Limerick who did Post you speak to um, I spoke to Dr. Loic, who is the French Consul of Ireland, um, based in Limerick. Um, and um, I spoke English to him. I, didn't, I, I went to it. <laughs> Your French isn't the best. Uh, My right French is yesterday. not as good as it used to be, I think, as school days. Um, Mayor Sheehan was there. He opened up the ceremony. Um, Laura Ryan was there. Um, I also spoke to Dr. Nora Patton, um, who, of course, is the um, coolest suppose, person around. Yeah, like she's uh, <laughs> an astronaut. I mean, I suppose that's the title she is. She's so cool. And I'm just so in awe of her. And I think she's just like, like such an amazing woman and uh, a great advocate for Limerick and for space like yeah. it's so cool to think I was chatting to a woman yesterday who was like I don't think she was in space yet was she no she's planning to get ready yeah. to go to space but like the way <laughs> she's so into space is just she got even her listening to her talk yesterday I was like I think what? it's cool seeing someone that is so passionate about what they do though isn't it yeah, yeah. that's the thing like, and she actually kind of by the end of it I was like I want to go to space now I probably would never because I'm but she just I think she's just wicked so yeah it was just it was such a cool did they speak day. French up there as well probably could if you wanted yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it that's up online now and it was really cool and the branding is there and kind of just a bit of footage from the event some great performers as well from Music Generation which was just so cool that was a brilliant performance that was class the strings the rap the oh it was just I, everyone was bopping and everyone was in great form yeah. after especially it. that time of the morning be nice to have that every morning I think oh then, that's yeah. the way to start the day yeah, um, an alarm clock oh it was class also um, we'll, be, we'll be coming up next week but we were chatting to uh, Dan Slimmer as well about events so that video will be coming out soon um, also you caught up with Rosanna Purcell um, who's got a show um, in the bell table tonight and tomorrow night um, I was at a European Expo event the French one that everyone speaking French and I was really trying to learn some words but uh, I got some really cool information about climate change as well and um, yeah we've got a load of cool stuff coming up for next week of course my Meals for Millennials which is my food podcast with Owen Sheehan um, What are you cooking this week? Um, the next thing is going to be Oh, this week we cooked vegan stuff, so for yeah. Veganuary, so we made falafel. Next week we're going to aim for a breakfast dish, so you're going to have to wait and see. It'll be out on Tuesday. And you were um, discussing if it was Veganuary or Veganuary. Did you come up with a... Yeah, I go with Veganuary, but apparently it's Veganuary. Veganuary. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't have the same ring no, to it, does it? No, it's <laughs> <laughs> So Megan, where can people find the show? Learnpost.ie forward slash show for all our videos and content, but as well, make sure you're following us and liking us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter um, and LinkedIn as well where you'll get loads of more information. Megan Scully from the Limerick Post Show. Thank you very much for joining us. And that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. For more sports, news, arts, entertainment and much, much more, visit limerickpost.ie and follow us on social media with all the hashtags keeping Limerick posted where you can find more videos, podcasts and all your Limerick news. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. We really are keeping Limerick posted.